hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. to the Sex Den Podcast, everyone. We are your hosts, Camille Misbach and Lauren White Legally, for now, at SheWillFlorin on Instagram. We are so excited to have you back for episode four. We're going to talk about travel sex, psychedelics, weird-ass experiences, slaps in the face by the universe, and pretty much everything you can imagine. <laughs> like always, please like, comment, do anything, uh, Anything you want to interact with us, we love to hear back from our wolf pack. We want your comments. We want your suggestions for what we can talk about. And we want your five-star ratings, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to episode four, wolf pack. It is time. Ow, ow, ow! Perfect. I hope that went well. (laughs) I know. We are recording separately again today, which is much more difficult for us specifically when our wi-fi isn't on point right which basically just means anytime you're recording in mexico it's well (laughs) in this particular part of mexico because i'm in the jungle you know so it feels like wi-fi wi-fi is not my friend right now that's okay no that's completely fine we're gonna make this work And so, yes, I have returned back from my Tulum trip. We will go into that in a little while. Uh, We were, we had glorious plans of, of getting everything done for the Sex 10 podcast when I was there. Things got thrown for a loop. We (laughs) thought that Camille was going to come and it was going to be like, what did we think it was going to be? We thought it was going to be beach dancing, maybe getting wasted a couple times, pool parties, Sort of party extraordinaire. Uh, Yeah, sort of like party-ish, but Tulum had other plans for us, didn't it, Camille? Tulum had other plans. Tulum presented itself with implant medicine that rocked my world. Wow. Okay, so before, since we're, our whole episode today is going to be more of like a week update. I feel like we just have to talk about our week and what happened and how that went. So let's do an energetic update today and then we'll just flow right in to travel sex and psychedelics baby that how are you that's exactly right I am doing very well today I am okay. integrating back into the real world I okay. saw Michael yesterday for the first time in a couple weeks I don't recognize how much I need the kid until I see him again <laughs> absolutely love him he's my boo I feel yep. so Great today. I feel as though the lessons from this week are really starting to set in. And energetically, I feel very alert and awake. I had a great night's sleep. I ate some food yesterday. Um, (laughs) And I have not been having nicotine or caffeine, which is typically a part of my daily routine, which isn't right now. And I still feel great. I'm not even having a coffee right now. We typically have our iced coffees. Today, I have an iced agua. (laughs) And I have a melted ice with coffee. So basically, just watered down coffee right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, still delicious. And I'm here for it. I've probably had too much coffee today. I'm in this weird place where I feel the same way. Like, I don't need anything. But I've been eating in excess, I think. I don't know. And then I've been drinking coffee to... 
I don't know what, I don't know why I'm just drinking more coffee, even though I don't feel like I need it. So okay. it's this I think strange. we should also say that the coffee in Tulum couldn't be any better. It's delicious. So it's the best coffee in the world. <laughs> it really world. is. It's, it's better than so coffee good. in Italy, I think. It's the love in the jungle. I don't know. Something about everything here is just better. That's how yeah, it feels. Yeah, it's jungle fever. <laughs> Except the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi yeah, is not better. <laughs> so yeah. how are you doing energetically, Lauren? Well, I was joking with you earlier about how I feel like a combination of shamanic jingle bells and rose water. <laughs> and you interpreted that as like a mental collapse. And for me, rose water and shamanic jingle bells feels like very alive. I feel rooted. I feel super connected with my clients and the work that I'm doing and just like oh, I feel so good in my womb and in my pussy and just like, I feel like such a woman. Like I was Damn. talking to Shane, I was talking to Shane today and Shane, my best friend is coming here tomorrow. So Cammy left yesterday. I've had all day yesterday and today by myself. And then I have tomorrow. Shane gets here tomorrow. And I was talking to him today and I said, I just feel like such a woman right now. Like my like every step that I take is me as the universe walking through space and time. It's like very wow. big. I feel yeah. very big. I feel like even if I gain weight right now, I'm like, yeah, I should because I should be bigger. <laughs> like I want to just take up space and be a woman. That's how I feel. I love that. So mm -hmm. you couldn't be better energetically. Yeah, I feel – I feel fantastic and I'm really excited. This is not even just a plug, but it can be too. But I'm super excited because I'm launching my first ever group coaching experience and that's giving me a lot of life too because I was a teacher for so long and I've been missing that kind of cohesion community group style thing. So I'm really excited and yeah. plug, if you're interested in that, you can – Click the link in my bio on Instagram, or, and I'll also include it at the show notes, and uh, get on my wait list. So I can't wait for your first group oh, yeah. power pack. I mean, you'll be you, in there. For those of you who do not know Lauren, she has done a series of things with groups, <laughs> and yep. I, you, at one point did an live conference, and mm -hmm. it was so fun to watch you interact with a group of people because there is something just so special about community. And when yeah. you're surrounded by people who are wanting to do the same thing as you essentially just better who they are as a person, it makes you feel, it makes you feel validated and a lot more whole, especially when people are seeking that. If you don't have that within a family or friend circle, I just think it's going to be so fun that you create that group of space for people. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm really excited too. And then, you know, like retreats and stuff to come. I'm just so excited about that. And just working deeper with these plant medicines and it's exciting. It's very exciting. In addition to that, let's just blast off with our week. What do you think? We need to get into it. We need to get into it. So I had sex this week a lot of times with a foreigner <laughs> which I guess everybody kind of is here in Tulum. But 
I had this really fun <laughs> sex experience several nights in a row with this person that is now my good friend. We went to the cenotes with them and I feel like it would be fun for me. So if you've been following me for a while, one of my – actually not one of – my most popular blog post by far is the one that I wrote about when I broke my sex hiatus last time I was here in Tulum. So if you haven't read really? that post, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah, by far, because that was – I literally had sex on the full moon on my birthday after I had broken that three-month sex hiatus. It was like I hadn't had sex for three months, under the night sky, went skinny dipping. Like it was so much fun, and just the way that I was able to write about it, I think people just resonated with it. It was like this – it sounded like a joke. It's like so a fairy tale. this time – yeah, it was like a fairy tale and it really did happen. You know, it was like so, so yeah. much fun. And so this time, when the first night that I got to Tulum, I was by myself, right? So I'm sitting at this burger joint called Miami Burger and they have really good vegan burgers. They have three different vegan options and whatever. So I had ridden my bike past a restaurant and I made eye contact with these two gentlemen who were sitting at a different restaurant. So I rode my bike back past them, made eye contact again, sat down at Miami Burger, and didn't think anything of it. I was by myself, had fun. Well, these guys got up from their table and walked past me, and I kind of saw their backs. And I'm like, oh, man, they were cute, whatever. They turn around, and one of them walks up to me and just says, can we sit with you? Not even hi, not even, hey, you're cute, or like, what's your name? Just immediately, can we sit with you? So I'm like, Sure. They came and sat with me. We ended up getting fucking plastered, which is not my <laughs> MO. <laughs> no, it is not. But but like as the night's going on, I'm like, am I going to have sex with both of these guys? Because they're so handsome. <laughs> they have British accents. One's a musician. One is this like PhD Please. scientist. Yeah. I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> How is this happening here? And so we start – they mentioned that they had had threesomes together. I'm like, oh, it's going down. Like I knew that I had had my whole Airbnb grounds to myself because the woman at the Airbnb told me, she said, nobody's checking in until tomorrow if you want to swim naked and like be naked in the jungle and in the pool you can so in the back of my head I know that I could bring both of these guys back we can skinny dip like <laughs> we can just have the best time and so one of them ends up getting so wasted that it was like there's no way that he he's going to be involved in this recent <laughs> experience so we put him to bed and I come back to my Airbnb with the musician and literally have hot animal howling at the moon sex outside on the grass, like ass eating by the pool. Just, it was literally so much fun. I was like clawing at him. I think I hissed at one point. Like we just oh, had this fun fucking sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I like, I love them. I love both of them. You met them a couple days later, but we ended up yep. hanging out for the whole first week I was here. Just oh, I yeah. brought them to a party with like Amanda and Bianca and all those people. We raved at the beach and it was a really great sexual connection and it was a really great friend connection. And that's what yep. I love about traveling. <laughs> I know. I feel like you made – it was a great experience for you too because it was the kind of sex that it didn't get emotional. Like – 
it wasn't like a, oh, what's going to happen? It was like, wait, this is really fun. This is great connected sex. We're having a freaking blast. And also when you weren't having sex, it was just the most fun friendship ever. Like I got to meet them, hang out with them. You went to cenotes with them. Our two freaking British guys. Loved them. Yeah, we love them. Damn. Love them. And and honestly, what the experience was for me was so beautiful because it was this, it was the first time in my life, I think, that I can remember where I had really connected sex with somebody with no expectations, right? Like if I end up Mm. marrying my British musician, fantastic. If I see him at a show, fantastic. But there wasn't this like, instinct that turned on in me that's like okay we're having sex right now but what about tomorrow right like yeah it it didn't that didn't happen for me and I think that for me that is huge in my healing because I just haven't it's I'm having fun in my life without expectation and that for me is like the biggest relief I've ever felt in my life (laughs) so it was really fun oh god So last week we talked about how we met that incredible couple at the pitted date when we're having, I don't know, I think that was probably our best breakfast ever, don't you think, Oh my God. The best (laughs) vegan breakfast in the world, yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because, so my experience with plant medicine has been, I've done Bufo three times, but I never wanted to push it on Cami, And so we kind of had this mindset of, I think you didn't even want to do it, right? You came not wanting to do it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't want to do it, didn't feel called to it, even though I've been this huge proponent of it and like all these massive mushroom experiences, blah, blah, blah. So we're at Pitted Date eating and this couple turns to us and just asks, have you done Bufo? And not have you done mushrooms, not have you done Mm -hmm. ayahuasca, not have you done Molly or Hoppe or anything. It was like Bufo specifically. So they shared their experience and Cami resonated with it so much so that we booked her Bufo experience that same day. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I paid for it too. I thought that I was going to do it. And what ended up happening is I sat with her as sort of, I don't know, what would you call that? Like I, I just witness. held space for you. Yeah. Yeah. A witness and held space for you. And I'm so glad I did because that the Bufo experience for you really informed the rest of our time together uh, with you in Tulum. Yep. So, <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know, Bufo is the most powerful hallucinogenic in the world. It is the poison from the back of the Bufo Alvarius yeah. toad. Alvarius or something? Yeah. Alvarius uh. toad. And it was originally found in like desert climates, yeah? Or Yeah, I think it's like a desert frog, a, a desert toad. <laughs> right. Yeah. A desert toad. And so the thing about this psychedelic that's so powerful is it's they call it the god molecule because it's essentially you essentially die. Like it you mm. completely black out and then sometimes you have a heaven-like or a god-like experience. Yeah. And it's different for everybody, different for the different times of your life. And I just find, I think that's important to just preface with that. Yeah, it is. I want to preface and slip something in too. This is the thing that Joe Rogan and Mike Tyson talk so positively about. A bunch of others as well. But 
specifically those two, a lot of people know DMT because of them, but know that they are talking specifically about 5-MeO-DMT. Like there's DMT you can just do casually. And then there's a DMT where you need a shaman. And that is the 5-MeO-DMT, which is Bufo. So you might have heard of it before. Um, Yeah. For those of you following me, because we've been connected, you know, from the vegan world, I am vegan. Bufo is not vegan because it Mm. does come from this toad. So that's just a caveat. They do make it synthetically as well. But the one that Cammy did and the one that I have done three times is from the toad. Yeah. It's like directly from the toad. Yeah. So, so I think what would be awesome, Cam, if you're cool with this is I just want to ask you about your experience and kind of like interject with some questions, almost interview style. Is that cool? I think that is the best way to do it because if I had to talk about it on my own, I could just kind of rant and then get scared and then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I like style. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. So why don't you tell us about, so after we signed up, we walked in, signed up at the little reception desk, like the hotel reception desk. Yeah. So excited, like so funny and great, I guess. Um, Tell us what was running through your head before you did it. Well, I typically have a lot of anxiety. Uh, okay. Had. Still kind of have, though. Um, and I'll explain that a little bit later. I was nervous, of course. When you're about to do anything, any type of stimulant, I feel like you're a little bit nervous. Um, or at least I know that I am all the time. And I think that's very normal, but there wasn't a part of my body that said, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Like I had really felt like I was called there to do it. And so I was extremely excited, obviously nervous and had really no idea what to expect. Okay. Yeah. And did you have any expectation based on like things that I had said or things, or did you have any desires or intentions going into it? Yes, I had, um, I had intention of going there to heal from anxiety and fear, like fear of the future, fear of different scenarios, uh, fear of losing people. I've had a couple traumatic incidents in my life, which I will cover at later dates, but thinking that I would heal from those two things as well. Uh, that was my expectation. And I also tried to recognize at the beginning that I did, I was trying not to have an expectation, but if I'm being honest with myself about like what I thought I was going to address in there when I was sort of unconscious, it was those things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. So I remember we had dinner that night, the night before we went to Thai food, woke up in the morning and we're heading there. Yep. And tell us about before you're entering like what is the experience like did you feel comfortable were you ready yes I felt very ready I slept really well and I was like okay I'm I woke up in the morning I'm like wow I'm really excited like I can't wait to see what's gonna happen in there um we went to the place early and did some yoga and stretching and kind of just did some breathing exercises and that was kind of it. It was sort of a fast getting into it experience, but still not a thing in my body was telling me don't do this. It was like, you're ready. Like, this is great. This is going to be great. Okay. Mm -hmm. So cool. Okay. So we meet the shaman. Yep. And 
energetically you still felt good. Talk about just like meeting him and what took place next before the ceremony. Before the ceremony. Yeah, we essentially just talked about what brought us there. Um, I loved his energy right away. It wasn't, it felt like a very safe energy and I'm really sensitive to that. If something and an experience doesn't feel right to me, I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm not going to do this. So Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like that at all. He kind of just met with us and then walked us over into this big tent, which was where the experience was going to happen. Yeah. A teepee style. Yep. Yeah, and I think what's important too is that that was one of the things we had said before when we talked about even just the possibility of doing Bufo is that I have only ever sat with Bufo with women shamanas, yeah, like with women. And so we thought, oh, she, Camille will want to do it with a woman. But then when we met the this shaman, mm-hmm. his energy, we kind of said that he had like person energy. He didn't have man energy or yeah. feminine energy. It was just this like stable person. Yeah. Kind of. He was just a person. Thing. That's what it felt like. So we get in the tent in the teepee and I mean, go. Okay. Tell us what happens. <laughs> yeah. Tell, what what yeah, happens? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. So we, I feel like I want to preface this with I'm a extremely, extremely deep dreamer at night. Okay. Um, I have been my whole life. I've had experiences where I felt like I'm slipping into what feels like different dimensions, never really know how to explain it to other people. That feeling of falling and falling sort of in an out of control manner is very familiar to me just because of my dreams that I've had throughout my whole life. So I sort of felt like that was going to happen. But anyway, we sat down. Uh, He talked through, okay, what is your intention? What are you here for? Um, This is sort of what's going to happen. We're going to set our intention, say a prayer. I'm going to lift it. You know, we'll do a breathing exercise. I'll lift it to your lips. And then I, he basically was just going to play music and sit there and oversee my experience. And the only expectation out of you was that you didn't touch me. You didn't speak with me because some people talk when they're unconscious. Some people get up and move around. And yeah, so basically exactly what I just said happened. I was really nervous leading up to it. Uh, my heart was just racing fast. It was like, oh, the anxiety, but not nervous as in don't do it. Just nervous as in, wow, this is going to be a really crazy experience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we do the breathing exercise and he lifts it to your lips. It's essentially a 10 second slow inhale. You inhale more and then you're pretty much out. I think around like second two, I already felt like I was going into that space. I just told my body, just trust yourself. You can do this. And what happened to me in there, (laughs) I essentially flew through what felt like all of time, like all of time. Would you, would you consider it flying or was it like a blast off? Like, was it blasted off? It's not like you're just casually floating like a mushroom trip or something. It's like you are blast. I was shooting through all time and space that doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) And then I went to this kind of really dark place, which uh, hearing more about it is this sort of mechanical elf experience that a lot of people say they have on it, where it feels almost like dimensions are folding over on each other. And you're, you no longer like, you no longer have a body. You're just sort of in this... (laughs) 
I don't even know how to say it. Like you're in like a universal hell is what it feels like for me. Yeah. And yeah. um, then I was basically birthed into heaven as a heaven being. And I basically woke up in my own arms, sweating in a completely different place in the room, just crying for like 20 minutes. And it was the most profound, beautiful experience I have ever had. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's what happened in the experience. Um, Lauren was watching me and she gave me kind of a rundown of, of what happened. I did move all around. I was kind of rolling around, sitting up, saying words, um, having a lot of like deep noises, like screaming, but kind of other noises coming out of my mouth. Like I was kind of like, you know, just it felt like everything that was bottled up in me from my whole life kind of had come out of my body. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, it was such an honor to witness you. And I'm going to ask a couple questions, like <laughs> more detailed stuff. Like if I had never heard of this or done this before. Yeah. Were you afraid? Like was when you were in it, do you remember? Were you you? Like, were you no. thinking, oh, my God, this is so scary? Or was it just all of you? Like, can you yeah. explain a little bit about your mental state? Or was there a mental state? Or were you a soul? Like, get a little bit deep there. Yeah, it's essentially full surrender. So you are okay. not a person. You're not anything. You are literally everything all at once. It feels... Okay. There is no, it's not like a mushroom trip at all. It's not an experience where you're like, oh no, okay, at least this is only going to last 15 minutes or like, oh, you're thinking in your head like, this is cool that I'm seeing this. No, it's a full, for me, I've been able to now recall some of the experiences. I remember those phases of it, but I don't remember how long they lasted. I don't remember. I was not scared. And I guess we can go into this as we talk about my integration back to reality, um, I do feel fear when I think of the place that I would consider hell, um, which okay. is the sort of mechanical elf experience where the universe is sort of folding onto itself. Um, that one was a little bit fearful, but it wasn't in the moment I wasn't thinking fear. And after that, I did experience the heaven where I remember smiling like I've never smiled before and also crying because it was the most beautiful thing I've ever felt, but it still wasn't my body. It was just, it was my soul flying through other dimensions. That's really what it was. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what was the heaven like? It felt like I was in a Dr. Seuss book. And at that point, I, the shaman was playing music the entire time. I, was it, everything was completely dark from the second the smoke hit until I kind of entered that heaven space. And when I entered the heaven space, I was rebirthing like pretty much onto earth too, because my body came back. I felt myself, I felt, okay, I'm in my own arms. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I heard all the music. I was smelling the things he was burning in there. So it was like my body and my brain were coming back together. My body and my mind were coming back together. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And <clears throat> I remember when you were just about to inhale the smoke, you said, I'm worried about losing my mind. And this yeah. is a sentiment that I hear 
from a lot of people saying like, I don't want to lose my mind. I'm scared to lose my mind. Yeah. And what did the shaman say? He said, what do you define as your mind? Hmm. <laughs> and it kind of took me off guard because I had identified my mind with anxiety, fear, kind of all of these human experiences. And I essentially did lose my mind uh, mm -hmm. in the experience. And now I'm noticing it's just that your mind has deeper capacity than you think. Your brain, your nervous system is what's telling you fear, anxiety, all those things. Your mind is essentially limitless. That's how I feel after going mm -hmm. through the whole experience. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Thank yeah. <laughs> you so much for sharing. I mean, I, I love hearing you talk about it and yeah. I was there, you know, yeah. I just feel like it's so profound. I can feel it so deeply in my chest and yeah. just how beautiful. And, um, and I think it's important for us to talk too about what happened after because yep. that was deep as well. So, so I decided so I was going to do Bufo after Cami, And when I saw the trip you were having, I thought, okay, I'm not doing oh, damn. Bufo because then it becomes, <laughs> well, because then it becomes about both of us, right? It's yeah. like, oh, my experience and oh, my experience and who knows, you know, I, I know how deep it can be because yep. I've done it. So it was kind of like, okay, if I go under and I have this profound ass thing happen to me, it's like, it takes away from you. Yes. And this, I feel like was really your healing experience. So uh, we were able to sit and talk for like an hour for what would have been my experience. And yeah. it was so great in that moment to just talk with you. And then we exit the tent and t talk to us about your first day. What did it feel like to come out of the teepee? Yeah, coming out that first day was – it was pure, it was euphoric. I mean, it's not, you don't come down from it. So there's not kind of the weird laggy hangover or like, you know, residual. Well, there are, it will, yeah. In your body, your physical body, there are not any effects afterwards. So for instance, you could drive or like we rode bikes right after we went to eat right after, but I felt an enormous sense of trust in myself, which apparently was what I was needing to uncover under there. <laughs> I put mm. a lot of trust and love and uh, building up in others. And my experience ended up being like, Cammie, you're not facing fear and anxiety. What you're facing is trusting yourself. And you have a hard time doing that. And <laughs> you're okay you need to. So the first mm. day was just this kind of like, oh my God, I'm powerful. I'm big. I am trustworthy. I'm worthy of everything great. That's how I felt day one. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And so day one, <laughs> we check out of our Airbnb in town. Well, we don't check out. We pack up our stuff yes. and decided that we wanted to be by the beach because it also happened to be the full moon, <sighs> right? So we're going into the full moon. Yep. And we just, I think, just felt called to go to the beach. Yeah. So we went and we stayed at the same hotel that I stayed at with mom nine months ago, which is so cool. I love that. And we showed up, go to sleep, had dinner that night. And I think you were eating – I think you ate dinner that night. Yeah? 
We had tacos. Yes. Okay. I did. Yeah. And I then ate four tacos. That's right. Yeah, four tacos. And then we wake up in the morning, and what's the energy like? So for the next couple of days, yeah. I guess. Just yeah, talk to us about. Talk I'll to us. talk about yeah. the whole integration process. So okay. the first day was euphoric, and then the next couple of days were pretty brutal. It was okay. like pretty much a universal slap in the face. <laughs> And after talking with your friends, so I felt I couldn't sleep. Um, Well, I was sleeping on and off, but I had specifically because, like I said at the beginning, I'm such a deep dreamer. I feel like DMT probably affected my brain differently than it would with others. Um, Although I know my experience isn't a solo experience. People People have this type of integration and all others, but everybody's body is different. So for me, um, my energy sort of got stuck. I didn't know. It's almost like my body was having a really hard time piecing itself back together with my mind. And I had just experienced a lot of emotion and trauma and, you know, everything all in 20 minutes, you know, is, is the experience. And I pretty much struggled to like pretty much eat and sleep and kind of do anything for the next couple of days. I mean, where I felt the best was doing grounding stuff like Lauren and I went to the cenote days and we would go swimming or we'd go walking and we kind of just laid low. And that's not my type of my typical type of vacation. So I think it was sort of making me sad. And it was also just another lesson of like, what are you always in a rush for? (laughs) Always in a rush to party, always wanting to do fun things. But my body and what the medicine was telling me was like, slow down. And here's your first lesson of trusting yourself. Like I was already thinking, I mean, I was, my brain was getting to some pretty, you know, just dark places. Like, are you going to sleep again? Can you eat again? You know, my I felt dissociated from my body. It's just an interesting feeling, and I wasn't prepared for it. I don't think there's a way you could be prepared for it, and that is all part of the healing process. I mean, it that is where the lessons come in. It's not the 20 minutes. It's like what happens after the 20 minutes, you know? How do you incorporate that back into your life kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like that's a really important something to just sit with for a second and for anybody who's listening to this who has never done psychedelics or had you know thinks that it's like wow that was a one-time experience and now you're healed because you'll hear people Mm -hmm. say oh it was 15 years worth of therapy you know blah 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 yes it does feel it feels like a lifetime worth of therapy because not only does it address what happens in your past but it affects everything that happens in your future I really do consider my life like pre-bufo, post-bufo. Like that's truly how I feel. Yeah. And, but the important thing is, is that I can speak from my own experience is I did bufo after, I don't know, four years of like deep, I don't, I don't know deep, but like, I don't know. I've, I don't been working with energy and yoga and eating vegan food for my whole life almost, yeah. you know? And so I did bufo and still – for me, it was nine long months of yeah. healing mm-hmm. and addressing what came up in Bufo and practicing what came up in Bufo. And for the rest of my life, it will be those same 
like interesting challenges, but it's like it shows you your power and your potential. And then the healing work is stepping into that and and honoring that and reminding yourself of that and trusting in that. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I feel like for me what happened was I almost addressed all of my anxiety and fears in there. And when I came out, my body was like, okay, you're present, like, you're going to recognize this as trauma. Now you're going to recognize this as fear, as fear, as fear. So I went to kind of like a scared place almost in the last few days. Um, And it turned out I needed a little bit of energetic work because I felt like it, (laughs) I didn't close it out. I didn't close the experience out. And Lauren went to a music shop in Tulum and the guy sort of said, yeah, people's energy can get trapped. It doesn't know where to go. So luckily I have my sister who's <laughs> a healer <laughs> and we basically did a ceremony for me the night before I left and she just set out crystals, intentions and I- instruments and sort of just pulled my energy. What it felt like was pulling my energy back into my body. And I had one more night of a sleepless night that night where I actually had a recurring dream that I've had since I was like six years old, <laughs> which felt like wow. it sort of closed out this weird experience for me. Weird, weird as in I've had that experience of falling into sort of a DMT like experience my whole life and never I never knew how to explain it to people so it almost closed that loop for me and um I was in San Diego yesterday and I finally slept fully through the night and got to eat a full meal and I obviously I think Michael's part of my healing too it's like he Mm -hmm. kind of is one of the biggest parts of my actual human reality. And so just to see him and reconnect with him felt like it helped my integration process in an enormous way. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think it's important to, to just recognize Michael and all of this and just what an incredible guy he is. Like when you met those people at the pitted date, Uh, and you called him and you're like, yeah, I had this experience where I met these people before you even said, I went and signed up to do a five MEO. He's like, you should do it. it." You know, he's just, cause I I think people ask you a lot, like, what did your husband think? And it's just another, it's another reminder of just how important it is Mm -hmm. to be with partners and to choose partners who cheer for you. Oh my gosh. And it's who are so important. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. just keeps it like, even after when I was kind of going through stuff, he's like, you're so brave. Just, you know, surrender to it. Just, it's okay. Let it go through your body. And even when I'm here last night, I was having like a little bit of a reactivation, which a reactivation is when you sort of start to feel that DMT mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of those in the past five days. I had some today at the gym. I've just been having a lot of it. Um, and last night when it happened, he's just like, it's okay. You're here. You're safe. You're home. You know, he's like, you really do. I I read an article about people who have a lot of anxiety who do it. And then they kind of come out on the other end with a lot of anxiety. Mm. Um, and it's kind of just, uh, it's about the way your body is processing what happened to you. And if you're so used to tapping into that anxiety space, that's where your mind goes again. And certain things that can help you with that are massages, 
exercise, having sex, being cuddled, you know, talking with people you love. And luckily I have you and Michael that are able to give me the mix of those things. <laughs> right. And so, me obviously for the sex and Michael yeah, for the cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it's nice that I have, I have people around me that can help me ground and that's just something I would recommend. I mean, I guess we can go into it too if like if you would recommend it for people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to recommend it ever yeah, to no, anybody no, no, who no. doesn't yeah. feel called. That's right. Because this is something where it's like, did I think that you should do Bufo or that you could benefit from Bufo or that could support you? Yeah. yeah. Did I know that like I would have felt a tremendous amount of guilt if I'm like, come on, you've got to do Bufo. It's the best thing you'll ever do. Yes. You know, do it. It'll, it'll, and then you have this experience and you're kind of like, God damn it, Lauren. Like you told me that this was going to be mm. so great. You know, not that that would be your reaction, yeah. but it's just, I don't ever talk about psychedelics as something people should do. Yes. Was it profound in my healing? Yes. Yeah. Was it profound in yours? Yeah. Does, I mean, anybody I know that has used medicine, like this kind of plant medicine, whether it be mushrooms, um, ayahuasca, DMT, even like things, those are plant medicines. But even now, like Molly, MDMA, MDMA yeah. registers They're now doing, in yeah, my MDMA body therapy. as a very healing modality. Um, yeah. Ketamine. They're doing ketamine treatments. Ketamine has been an – I just discovered that for me, and that's been an incredible healer for mm -hmm. me in these different ways. So it's just like, man, I love this stuff. And also, I believe that it calls people at exactly the right time. Like yes. when, when you're – if you're ever called – then fantastic. Address it then. Mm -hmm. If this is opening your eyes and you're like, oh, hell no. Like that's definitely not for me. Then don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah. Don't that's, do it. That's exactly the conversation I wanted to have about would you recommend it to people? Because I already know like, you know, it's like, should everybody do it? You know, oh, do, would you recommend it for everybody? I wanted us to have that conversation of we would never recommend it to anyone. I would I talk about it in my experience in a light where I'm honest and true? Absolutely. But like you mm -hmm. said, a medicine needs to call to a person and it is a, it is not fun. I'll say that. It's not a Right. Fun, you're not you're like not going like, on a journey. Oh, it's a cool. No, it's like you need to be ready if you're doing it to be unpacking and uncovering years and what feels also like lifetimes of experiences and it pretty much changes your view of your current reality which is so beautiful and also you need to be ready for it yeah I think it's really important too to recognize that it isn't just like you said it's not just a fun drug and in fact I think even when you were going into the experience you said something about how you've been resisting drugs and mm -hmm. I was like yeah you know I, I corrected you in the moment, which I don't know if that was annoying to you, but it's just like, I'm like, well, it's not really, it, it's not a drug. It, the difference between, to me in my head, a drug and like a medicine, I feel like those things, uh, I guess they can kind of be the same. Like I've rolled before or done MDMA and it becomes a medicine. But like yeah. when we're talking about Bufo or for me, mushrooms is not a drug, it's a medicine. Even marijuana, like even weed for people. 
for some people, they would identify it as a drug and for some it's a medicine. But I think that it's pretty clear Bufo is not a drug, right? Like it's not something fun (laughs) that you're going to like go do with your homies. This is like, (laughs) it's just, yeah, I I don't know. It makes your whole life better, which I guess could be categorized as fun, but you're not like doing anything other than blasting off into different Curling up into a ball. Yes. So, so yeah, definitely be ready. Be be uh, present in the, in that decision and when, if you're called go if you're not don't yeah I yeah. could not agree more yeah so so speaking so that's of DMT. Drug, yeah. <laughs> so that's 5-MEO and if you got any questions just go ahead and give us an email yeah <laughs> oh my gosh we're like let's start a sexton podcast and talk about bufo I know <laughs> it makes sense in the scheme of life if you get it (laughs) yeah I mean come on and it is it is important because I feel like anytime that we know the self better anytime that we can identify our bodies our minds our spirits and kind of just dive deep into that inner work naturally everything in your life gets better including sex like the most connected sex and the most spiritual sex and the most whatever kind of sex you'll ever have is probably when you're feeling the most like you you know, oh yeah, it's it's the best. So yeah, I could not agree more. So yeah, so, basically to wrap up my bufo experience, yeah, I it was not the journey I expected. Of course, you can't put expectations on things. I think that was one of my lessons: is like what you expect isn't gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm just excited to unpack these lessons that I've learned and really just start doing the work to address the things that were uncovered for me inside the experience. And that's that on that. <laughs> that's that on that. Remember when you started trying to get that on that to to hit? And I'm like, that's never going to hit. And, and then it, it started hit. hitting. Yeah, now it hits. <laughs> of course. I like that's that on that. I want to say it every day. That's I'm going to start saying that. it every day. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so speaking of that on that, mm-hmm. shall we transition to listener questions this week? I think we shall. To the, to the Wolfpack Questeroos. I think we should. Let's do a few this week. <laughs> okay. I, when I just said Questeroos, which makes no sense, it just made me think about how one of my favorite things about Tulum is that it's in the, in the area called Quitana Roo. And I just <laughs> love that Roo is part of the name. Like R-O-O. It's just so cute. Oh, do I. I didn't even really know that was a name until I tried to tag an Instagram photo. Yeah, it's like, Quintana Yeah, it makes me happy. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. So our first question this week is, is it strange to be a virgin at 25? What do you think, Cammie? My short and quick answer is it's only weird if you think it's weird. So this whole expectation of when people should lose virginity, blah, blah, blah. I don't even really think that is an expectation. Like certain religious practices, just people for just because they don't want to have sex, just don't have sex. So I don't think there is an age where it's like all of a sudden weird. This is what's weird. If you're thinking it's weird that you're a virgin and you're not trying to make any efforts to have sex, that's kind of weird. Yeah. There are options. You can hire a sex worker, which is actually a wonderful option. You can get a coach who can help coach you through the experience. You can surround yourself and talk to your friends about it. Um, 
you know, there are limitless options in ways to have sex if you are wanting to have sex. So that is my answer. It is weird if you think it's weird. If not, if you want to have sex, have sex. (laughs) Yeah. And I think just to even dive deeper into that, it's like, why haven't you had sex? Like some of these questions, Mm -hmm. I wish I could ask them a question back, right? And all of a sudden we're in a coaching session. (laughs) But it's like, did you feel unattractive? Did you just kind of miss the dating opportunity because you were so focused on school? Like what were the circumstances that led you to this point? And so I think unpacking some of that for yourself and just reminding yourself that you're totally worthy of love and pleasure and there are likely people who want to fuck you. So yep, um, <laughs> yeah, working on yourself is really important and upping the confidence. And I really like what you said, Cammy, about hiring a sex worker. That is an option. You know, yeah, it's totally, course. totally an option if you are having like first time jitters and you it's like debilitating you, right? Yeah. Uh, and just like with Bufo, question if that's right for you. Because if you want to have really connected sex and sleeping with a sex worker would just feel a little bit um, transactional for you, then I wouldn't do that, right? But if you're the kind of person that's like, okay, I just really need to have sex because I, I'm, <laughs> it's time, then that's that would be great. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Easy as that. Easy as that. Okay. Also, oh, one more thing. Okay, so the term weird, like you said, Cam, I love it. I love that you said the only thing that's weird is if you think it's weird. Like if yeah. you haven't had sex because you haven't wanted to, then own that and move forward with that. Like, yeah. Okay, I just haven't wanted to or I haven't had the opportunity and now you can move forward with that truth instead of being terrified of what other people think about your experience. Exactly. Yeah, super exactly. important. Okay, Cami. our next question is, have you ever slept with women? Yes, indeed I have. Wow. <laughs> I have slept with one woman. I did it in a group experience. And with this question, I think it's important to address that I was kind of curious my whole life if I would be able to pursue or be like sexually into women. And I finally got the opportunity to have a group experience. And I realized from that experience that no, I am into it only in a group setting, but I'm actually not into women. Like if I didn't hook up with women again forever, it would be okay for me. So I think curiosity can really get the best of you. And just to explore your sexuality, because otherwise you're never going to get those answers. Like it was kind of not a relief for me, but it was kind of like, oh, great. Okay. At least I know now, (laughs) you know, right? at least I know it was a wonderful experience. I loved it in the moment, but thinking back, it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm just not into women. I'm I'm really into men. Um, unless it's in a, yeah, group scenario. So yes, I have hooked up with a woman. Have you hooked up with women, Lauren? Yes, indeed I have. And I had a I had an interesting experience and an interesting time with it because I kind of, when I was with my former partner, we kind of like blasted right into group sex experiences a lot. Yeah. And so I was having sex with a lot of women at once. Like I'd go into a group sex experience and boom, I had sex with two or three women that night or, you know, that that weekend. And so I remember about a year and a half ago, because it was right when you moved into your place now, that I had that coming out 
experience where I'm like, <laughs> I am going to come out as bi, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I have sex with women. I could potentially date women. And then I had this realization that, you know, just because I've had sex with women, I, the idea of being with women, it's not that it's repulsive, but it's that it's like, it doesn't even cross my mind. Like when I'm- It's not in your pleasure template. It's not in my (laughs) pleasure template. Yeah. It's not in my pleasure I love, John Romano always uses that term, pleasure (laughs) template. Yeah, he does. (laughs) And for some reason, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it too. At first I was like, what is that? At first it's like annoying and then you really love it. And then you really (laughs) love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my pleasure template. Just like my yeah. nipples are not my pleasure template. You could twist yeah. these things clean off and I wouldn't feel shit. Yeah. Nipples and vaginas, yeah. not my pleasure template. Yeah, nipples and vaginas, not my pleasure template. So so anyway, I think that it's it's interesting and I, I feel like it's important for us to both talk about that when we say that have we hooked up with women because I never want to exploit the LGBTQ community by being like, yeah. Hey, yeah, I hook up with women and then I pass as straight. No, it's not that. It's just that I've tried and experimented with women and it turns out that I just love dick a lot more. Yeah. So yeah. I, <laughs> so yeah. Will I hook up with women again? Yeah, probably because I'm a little bit freaky. Will I pursue women? Probably not. Probably not. Unless it's like a, you know, who knows? I never say, I never say never, but right yeah. now it just doesn't seem like something that's going to happen. Yeah, I completely so, agree. Yeah, but I will say that my ego went into a totally different dimension the first time that I helped facilitate a female orgasm. When yeah, that happened, yeah. for me, I literally smiled for like four days. I was I could not stop smiling. I would yeah. be driving, thinking about it, and I would just be smiling. Like, it is the hottest thing ever yep. to – like experience another woman's orgasm right there. You yeah, know, I just feel like just really oh powerful God. about it. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, just thinking about it now, I'm like, wait a second. No, I am bi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is so funny. I was thinking it was really cool, but I did not have that same sort of <laughs> Okay. Experience. Like I felt like, yes, that's powerful. Go her. I was kind of like more excited for her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Of course that shows my ego at the time. I was excited I for me, right? I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, me. I did that. Yeah, and here she is that. having a great <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Breaking God. down the layers. Thank God that ego part of me is deceased. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Our next question, question now that we've gone deep into that. I love how people will ask us just a basic question and then we dive so deep into it. It's like, have you ever been with a woman? And I'm like, yes. And I had this whole experience about being by. (laughs) And one time I licked the clitoris and she touched my (laughs) nipples and it's like this whole. (laughs) I know. It's like, get to the point, lady. (laughs) 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 Get to the point, lady. (laughs) Oh my God. You're so funny. Uh, Okay. Then our next question is, let's just keep it brief. Yeah, uh, keep it brief. Because <laughs> I already, I'm looking at the question and I could go into You're a like, full. Oh my God, I, <laughs> I have so much to say on this topic. <laughs> I do feel like I just have so much to say. <laughs> Especially, I'm feeling spry. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question three. Question three. 
are you vegan? Okay. Do you want to go first? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I am vegan and I love being vegan. (laughs) What? I I was just thinking of all the things you're about to say about being vegan. <laughs> Looking at our time cut off, and I'm like, will she make it? <laughs> okay, keep going. Oh my god, can we all- keep going. Oh, will she yes, make you it? You are vegan. Oh god, I feel like all I'm doing is just laughing. I want to be like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a laugh attack inside. It's like it's like with the birdcage, but you keep it all inside. But you keep it okay. all inside. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I am vegan. I've been vegan for seven years and I love it so much. I used to be really fucking into being vegan, like the most into being vegan. I talked about it. It was my whole platform was about it. I am still vegan now and I just am not as uh, vocal about it anymore. Yeah. So, but yes, I'm vegan. The other day I did try a bite of your ceviche and I felt... Because I, you know, I question all the time. I'm like, is a Beyond Burger for protein what I want to be eating or do I want to try some fish? And then I tried your fish the other day, just one bite of the ceviche. And I'm like, yep, nope, not into that at all. So I am still vegan, still very vegan. And I love it so much. What about you, Camille? I am not vegan anymore. I, yes, I was vegan Wait, how long? Yeah. Probably over four years. I think closer. Yeah. Over four years for sure. Okay. And I recently just incorporated fish only into the diet. Um, still not really shellfish. Um, I'm only eating really like white fish or salmon. Okay. Um, or tuna. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was just not getting a lot of protein. I, I'm not one of those. I really hate tracking my food, but I Mm. know when I'm craving protein because all of a sudden I'm eating a whole bag of chips and salsa or a huge thing of pasta. Like all I wanted was carbs when I was really just a little bit protein deficient. And it's not one of those annoying, you know, Oh, vegans are protein deficient. No, a lot of vegans are not. A lot of vegans know how to incorporate, um, the right balance of food for them in their diet. But for me, I just felt like I was eating a ton of those processed meats because I'm not a big beans person. Um, I don't like protein shakes. It's just, it was, it was a lot. So I just started, I ate fish one time and I'm like, wow, that feels (laughs) actually feel really good. So now I eat it a couple times a week, but I still am no dairy, no land animal, no uh, eggs, no anything. So just- Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think when I'm watching you eat the fishes, I think that looks like something I could do. And I don't know. I mean, I think that I'm vegan for life, but Mm -hmm. also that- Also, I'm just not big into absolutes, you know? Yeah. Like, I I am vegan for the animals, and I always say, like, if I – I mean, the other day we were at the cenote, and those fish swam by us, right? And I'm like, yeah, and you're like could honestly, you Camille, could you cut that thing's head off? Like, could you <laughs> grab it and cut its head off? And you said yes. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, I don't think – Fishing. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I cannot. So, for me, I can't not – I feel like I can't eat fish because I couldn't kill it. Yeah, I think I could, I could kill it. I also think that it's important 
I mean, I, I've still gotten a few things at the grocery store, but I really do like those fresh fish markets where it's local fishermen and they just sell whatever they catch. And I went to one of those places in Florida with our parents and it was actually really cool to support their business and, Mm. um, not huge mass production. So I know there are places like that in San Diego and I'm, I'm actually very excited to go to those and get fish from there instead of like mass producing grocery stores. Obviously it's still bad. Um, Mm. yeah, but I don't think I could kill a crab or a lobster. I've eaten those things a few times lately and it just doesn't feel right. So I'm like, they're so meaty. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the meaty texture of it. I think that's why I'm sticking with pretty much just pescado. Just fish. (laughs) Yeah. And you got, man, I am literally speaking of, speaking of pescado, (laughs) I am (laughs) wanting to stay in Tulum for like two extra weeks just so I can practice my Espanol. Yes. That was a fun fact about Tulum. I got to practice my Spanish. I've been practicing for a year on the Duolingo app and I got to just spit lingo left in (laughs) Spit, spit all the do du- you spit duo spit trio and quattro lingo yeah it was uh everywhere and it was yeah. so much fun actually yesterday I went on a walk when I was back in San Diego and someone said good morning to me and I almost said buenos dias <laughs> it felt like I needed to keep speaking Spanish it's like I, I'm kind of having a hard time transitioning to not speaking Spanish at all yeah suddenly your third eye is just blasted open and all you do is speak Spanish all I do is speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm here for that, Cammy. I want you to know. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think so that wraps funny. up our uh wraps up our listener questions. Dang. I know. Okay. So does that wrap up our episode two? I think so. Yeah. This was episode four. I know that this is gonna be a lot because I don't think people really understand the depths of psychedelic experiences like this. So I'm really excited for our listeners to hear like actual real time what's going on with me. Yep. what happened yeah <laughs> and it'll develop too like I think mm-hmm. you know we can check on you next week for our next episode and that's that I mean I I'm really excited too and I'm so honored and grateful to have this space to have these kind of conversations because you know this is what podcasting is so great for is we get to talk about this stuff so yeah. if there are people who have questions, feel free to DM us, feel free to email us, and maybe we could do a follow-up episode with those questions. Yes, that's right. So thank you so much to all of our listeners. Again, uh, at the Sex Den Podcast on Instagram. Please like, subscribe, comment on any of your favorite podcast streaming sources. It really helps us, and we love to hear feedback from you guys. You people. All of you in in our wolf pack. Yeah. We love to hear from our wolf pack. Mm-hmm. Any genitalia you display. We That's you. right. <laughs> we love you. We love you and we will see you next week for episode number five. Ow, ow.